Mike's Daily Podcast. FFF episode 1503, 1503. It's Mike Matthews broadcasting from Cafe Anyway, located somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. Today, we hear from Benita, the disgruntled fiddle player, and the brewmaster. I am not a fan of fast, quick edits while watching a. Mike's daily podcast youtube video when someone's talking to the camera and all of a sudden it just jumps like like it was edited bad mike's daily podcast do you even know what the heck i am talking about it could be anything it could be about a cloud a cloud that's blowing past you on this day it could be sunday when you're listening to me yay well, today is Sunday. It's the Super Secret Sunday show today. Mike's Daily Podcast. And I bring this up because I was watching something where it had the fast edits, and I thought, Mike's. Well, that could just be Daily a really podcast. Well, yeah. Okay, for example, I could have edited out this entire intro and just gotten to the great part of the show, which is going to be right now. And it, you would have missed out on all the things. At any rate, jump cuts. I'm not a fan. Look who just walked in. Hi, Mike. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. How y'all doing? That's a disgruntled fiddle player tell you what. What? I think you're talking over the heads of your listeners again. Tell you what. What? That's what I think. Ah, could be. Look who else walked in. Hello, Mike. I make the delicious root beer. Oh, boy. How's the root beer now? I love root beer, oh, but I can't drink it now because I'm in the middle of this podcast where back in the day, there was Mr. George Lucas who edited his movie, uh, Return of the Jedi. He said, I want to put really quick edits in this and see how fast we can push the edits till people are just too much, too much chopping it up. And it ended up being a big thing. People do it all the time in movies, TV shows now where there's super fast edits going on and it builds the action, it builds the excitement. But when you just have someone talking to a camera. And here's today's podcast picture. And a lot of people, and I bring this up too because a lot of people are, are on YouTube now. A lot of people have foregone. In fact, I'm even thinking about canceling Netflix at this point because there's just so much stuff to watch. On YouTube And it It just I've These things pop up Number one In in your feed To, to watch And Nine times out of ten There's someone with jump cuts Going crazy with the jump cuts And I don't like it uh, At the same time If I were to Video This podcast right now Me just talking into a microphone Here at Cafe anyway It would be the most boring thing ever And I wouldn't subject you to that Thus, the YouTube version of this podcast is just the podcast picture and then my audio for the show, which the podcast picture today is of you, Benita. Mark, I sure enjoy being on this podcast and being drawn by you. That's so great because I'm Benita the Rodeo Queen. You are, and you're wonderful, and you're lovely, and your hat is hard to draw because it's so big. It's a big hat. I wear a big hat. I wear this hat. Do you wear a lot of hats? Huh? No. Just this one. 
Okay. That's good. I also would like to bring up something. Oh, in all seriousness, I'm very seriously sad about this. There's a someone that I worked with at a radio station about two years ago. And I just found out he got into a motorcycle accident and he's in a coma now. And I'm very sad about that news. But uh, it's, I, you know, I don't know what to say. It's, you have, we had a really bad accident and the, on the Bay Bridge yesterday. There was horrible uh, deaths involved and just, uh, it was a drunk driving accident involved a big truck and just terrible. So, Thoughts and prayers, I know that's the most cliche term possible, but I definitely am having thoughts about this guy, this friend of mine. Uh, and the, he was such a nice guy in the, in the sense that, you know, we work together. And when you work with someone, then all of a sudden one day they're like, hey, you know, we should get a beer and just, you know, chat. And we, we got a beer and we talked. And, you know, I found out a lot about this guy that was fascinating and and we became friends. So I haven't talked to him in a while. So, and I didn't even know he was in another country on a whole other side of the globe. But, uh, you know, there is some, I'm finding out all this stuff on Facebook and there is some news that he's doing a little bit better, but still it's, it's just shocking. And, and I do hope all the best for him. Um, there's, I was invited. He invited me over. <laughs> One of the things I talked about this on the podcast, actually, he did something that I had never thought to do. He had a party and he did sort of the Tom Sawyer thing. You remember Tom Sawyer? He gets all of his friends to paint the fence. He gets everyone uh, doing a job. That's what he did with this party. He got everyone involved. So nobody was bored and everyone was contributing to the party. Someone was making the steaks. Someone was making the mashed potatoes. And we all were involved. And I have always been like, whenever I have people over, which isn't very often, I work my butt off and I have to do every single thing. And I thought, hey, this is a great way to do it. Have everyone contribute. So I hope he, he gets better. I really do. Um, there's... A uh, oh, Andrew Zimmern. He, I see. I end up watching his show when I'm at work on the weekends. He seems like the nicest guy. In this one part of this show, I was just watching. He was in Oklahoma at a place that they're known for their onion burgers. I never knew what an onion burger was until I watched this. So what it is was back, I guess, during the Depression, uh, you know, beef was at a premium. It, you couldn't afford it. It was too expensive. So onions, though, were everywhere. Onions were, at, you could just, they were falling out of the trees, which they don't grow in trees. Do onions grow in trees? No, they grow underground. They're bulbs, I think. And, and as you can see, I'm a farmer. I'm a gardener. I'm not. I was amazed to hear about the onion burger. What it is, is it's 50% meat and 50% onion, and you grill them, you cook them together on the, the grill top. And it was, it's like, if you're not into onion, <laughs> you are not going to like this food. 
But so they take the meat, they take the onion, they're cooking it. It's the exact same amount. They weigh it out somehow, and it's exact. And then they put it on a patty, and with cheese, and whatever else you like on your burgers, and you eat it. And Andrew Zimmern was so nice to the guy. The guy is like an old, old style Oklahoma. His daddy and his daddy's daddy and his daddy's daddy's daddy have run this diner forever in Oklahoma. And, and just saying to him, this is the best burger I've ever had. And the guy that owned the diner, really? You really think so? Yeah, this is so good. And it is the, I, just, he goes, when I, I love onions on my burgers. This is, mmm. I could see Andrew Zimmerman at my house trying to eat my food. Going, mmm, Mike, this is really good. And I cannot cook for crap. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible cook. One time, uh, billions of years ago, when I was first moving out, and I invited my mom over, and I made ribs on a, on this little cheap barbecue I had. And I barbecued ribs, and they caught fire, and they were charred to a crisp, and my mom ate them, and she was going, oh, this is delicious. So that's how I feel about Andrew Zimmer, and he's the best. And he eats some bizarre stuff. And as I've said before, the food they have on the Food Network, none of it looks healthy. It looks all like, it looks delicious, but it looks so bad for you, all of it. In fact, I'm watching something now. Oh, it's the food truck thing again. Like we were talking about last time I was broadcasting from Podcastro Valley Tun. I talked to a coworker today named Massa. We were discussing, his name's Massa. M-A-S-S-A, very cool name. Not to be confused with NASA. But it sounds sort of the similar, same sort of thing. And I was telling him about my podcast. I was telling him about this show, about how it is, observations. It is lifestyle. And he goes, well, that is what KGO now is. This station at one time used to be number one, every ratings book in San Francisco. For decades, it was number one. And what happened was... They started this new rating system called PPM, uh, Personal People Monitor, something to that effect, People Eater. And you put it on your person, and it hears what station you are listening to. And it goes, oh, it matches the waves and figures out digitally, hey, Mike is listening to this radio station. Well, when they started instituting the PPM meter, everybody all of a sudden... KGO's ratings fell right through the floor. They disappeared. It was all a matter of everybody knew a name, KGO. It was such a popular name. The branding was so prolific uh, throughout the entire Bay Area. So that's not the word, not prolific. Uh, It was not proficient, not profundity. It was pervasive. Thank you. Throughout the entire Bay Area That people When asked What radio station They listened to Well they thought Of the only radio station That they know of And since everybody They knew listened to it They would just say KGO And that used to be The way we would find out How people listened to radio Was just by asking them It was the honor system And back in the honor system When you just recalled From uh, your, your memory Well branding That's all about branding When you get into the brain You've branded this name, KGO, and that's what people would say. But when the truth came out, that's not what they were listening to. 
And now KGO's ratings aren't that good My point being All this to say That they have changed their format They used to be a news talk Politics type station And now it's just strictly what they call Lifestyle What this podcast is about But not to the They're more about shock And oh can you believe what so and so wore And can you believe uh, About what this actor did Or that actor or that politician Got in Okay we cover a little bit of that on this podcast But at the same time I try and bring to you stuff That what did uh, the, The guy that Told me That he listened to my podcast What did he say? It was, I have stories and observations I guess that's what I do here on this podcast One observation I would like to make Is of the amazing I I guess amazing It is amazing Well, 1970 This cartoon using what they called uh, Stop motion photography Came out Called Santa Claus is Coming to Town It was based on a type of Japanese animation And it it became huge It's the same animation that they used in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer All those Christmas specials that are getting played right now That, well, what would later become uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas Tim Burton is a huge fan of using that He used it in his, what was it, Little Vincent uh, cartoon And so I'm watching Santa Claus is Coming to Town today And there's this one scene Where there's some singing involved And I remember watching this as a kid And listening to this scene here It sounded like It's only the beginning Why does that voice sound so familiar? That is Robbie Lester A woman named Robbie She actually passed away over 10 years ago In 2005 in Burbank, California She was 80 She is the person behind If you were a kid If you're around my age And your parents got you those Disney record books Disneyland story readers is what they were called She is the one who said to you at the beginning of every story When Tinkerbell When Tinkerbell rings her little bells like this Ding Turn the page She was the one that told you to turn the page And she would often tell the stories That were a part of those little books It was a record you put on your record player And it would play and then you would read along And she was the one that would provide all the singing All the voice work uh, The different characters What? So that's the woman, Robbie Lester And she is in that movie uh, Or that uh, special She's in a bunch of things Uh, Let's see, she was also in The Famous Adventures of Mr. Magoo Oh, she is the singing voice in The Rescuers Of Ava Gabor's animated character um, she she lets her hair down in this scene when she's singing about oh she's to become the future uh, Mrs. Santa Claus and her character's name was uh, Mrs. Chris Kringle well that's sexist uh, Miss Jessica was her name Jessica 
but what was your last name? I don't know. But that's how it was in 1970. Uh, she died of cancer at St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank, California at the age of 80. She was married to producer Jeff Eccleston, had one daughter, Mendy, and three granddaughters. Her autobiography is called Lingerie for Hookers in the Snow, an autobiography of a voice artist. And I have often thought, hey, maybe I can be a voice artist, as you could probably guess from the type of show that I do here, this type of podcast, but well, it hasn't happened. I did know a voice artist by the name of uh, Lee Marshall, and he was the voice of Tony the Tiger for a long time, and um, he gave me some advice. He said, Mike, don't try to imitate, oh, there's this kid I work with, Cristabo, really nice kid. He's in early 20s. He lives actually not too far away from me in Castro Valley. And he loves showing off how he can imitate all these Simpsons characters, which, eh, they're okay, the impersonations. To someone that, I mean, not they're not the best. But, I mean, he can do other impressions that are good. But he's always trying to push his Simpsons impressions on me for some reason. And, it's, oh, and I, I need to tell Christava this. Lee Marshall said to me, Mike, forget about all the impressions you do. Come up with characters that only you yourself can do, that only you yourself have created, because no one else can do those the way you do. And uh, this guy I work with, Aaron Fonseca, he once made fun of my brewmaster voice and said, no, you ripped that off of the Cleveland show. And he knows that ticks me off when he talks about that, because the bear on the Cleveland show Sounded sounds like kind of like the brewmaster. Well, the Cleveland show got canceled, everybody, and Mike's Daily Podcast still goes on the internet, and the brewmaster lives on and has lived on for decades now. I started him back in the late '90s on the Santa Fe Cafe when I was on Kehe in Ventura, California. So the point being, create your own characters, come up with your own people that are interesting. That you've got a backstory about that, that come from somewhere inside of you That people will find amusing Because that's from you And Massa and I were talking And Massa's like I would sure love to do a podcast But I don't know what I'd do it about Well Massa had just before he said this Told me this complete story about the Bay Area And about how the military was involved And how they used to transport Radioactive waste over everybody's heads In three helicopters And they made sure that it was three Because in case someone tried to shoot one of them down The other two would keep flying And they would have to choose between three helicopters I don't know, maybe they'd get the wrong one So it was like they turned it into a game Of, uh, of, of uh, walnuts When you hide stuff under the walnuts And you spin them around the walnut shells, I mean Shell game, there we go And they would transport the waste from somewhere in San Jose Up to Concord I didn't know this stuff I'm like, you need to do a podcast about this So, we and we also discussed about how you can get an indie podcast Like the one I do Noticed And I said that's one of the good things About having a show on KGO is you're on this major, huge radio station in San Francisco. Though it may have bad ratings now, it's still a big name because people grew up with it. And that could be a way to, to sell your podcast. People need, in order for podcasts to get big, they need that name like NPR behind it or ESPN. This show has no name behind it. There's no names at all. 
It's a completely nameless show. I might as well just call it. By the way, I love The Daily. And though this is called Mike's Daily Podcast, I had to check out another podcast that had Daily in the name. Turns out the New York Times produces this, but well, there's another big name. So this podcast does really well. It is fantastic. And I've talked about it before. They were discussing on the Daily the issue with the uh, the Supreme Court is ruling on can police officers just tap into or, or you know, law enforcement tap into your cell phone signal and see where you've been. Uh, open up your phone or just check the cell towers and see, oh yeah, Mike was in Pleasanton today. We can see from the cell phone towers and the cell phone records. And uh, people, lawyers are saying, no, that's private material. People, that's, uh, they need a search warrant in order to know that information. And this all comes from how law enforcement were able to track down these robbers that used to break into radio shacks back when they had radio shack. Now they're all sprint wireless stores or they just leveled them. And that they, they were able to track down this robber through his cell phone. Uh, well, that story was told on the daily and just told the way I just told it to you now. Then the same exact information that I've just delivered to you was done on this horrible, horrible podcast called Planet Money. And it is a huge podcast and it has more downloads than I could ever ask for for this podcast. Yet, and I, I heard the new one that came out this weekend. I heard it because it, well, it was playing on the radio. And these two, I don't know if they're millennials or what age, they're Gen Xers, I don't care. They're talking and they're trying to tell the story, but they're just talking back and forth. Like, okay, they started off with, yeah, this guy used to go in and steal stuff at Radio Shack. And the other person goes, what? A Radio Shack? That's crazy. You remember what you used to get at Radio Shack? Yeah, I remember what I used to get at Radio Shack. I'd buy like those cable wires that I'd use to hook up my cable. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that crazy? Now they're all gone. I know. Anyway, and I'm thinking, this is going to take forever to tell this story on this stupid show. And that's how NPR is. They, ever since the success of This American Life and Serial, they want to tell a story and have this sort of conversational chit chat because they're treating you like a complete idiot. They think you don't have an attention span. And if you just have this on in the background and you hear two people talking to each other, oh, that might be interesting. Conversations. I like conversation. I'm alone right now in my car driving. I want to hear two people having a conversation. And they're chit-chatting away. And meanwhile, you're getting this information at such a slow rate. In the same amount of time on the daily, I heard all about what the reason was, the, 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 the cases before this one, why the Supreme Court needs to rule on this now, what it's going to be like with the guy that Trump picked in there and Gorsuch and all that. Wow. It, and this is the type of podcast that gets popular. This, uh, Well, the Daily is popular, but Planet Money, ugh, please don't listen to Planet Money. Do me a favor. Listen to the Daily instead. Don't listen to Planet Money. Don't listen to Freakonomics either because they're just trying to push their stupid book on you. L get through that crap, okay? I don't have... And, and avoid podcasts that have a lot of sponsors where they stop every... Oh, hey, let's stop and talk about this wonderful product. It's called Hair Gel. 
First off, I'm a little jealous of anybody that uses hair gel because of reasons that I'm bald. And we're, they're just pushing the, the, these commercials on you. But Mike, I can fast forward through the commercials on a podcast. If they're just throwing podcasts... I, I think I've said my piece about all of that. The point being, and that's my catchphrase, is... I'm not a fan of podcasts that have a bunch of sponsors. I was listening to my roommate was listening to a podcast. I could hear him listening through his uh, bedroom because our bedrooms are right next to each other. And he's playing his podcast. And I'm thinking, I have heard nothing but sponsors on the show, nothing but commercials. What is he listening to? And meanwhile, this show has no commercials Except for the part where I go Hey, listen to Mike's Daily Podcast All over the place and tell your friends And check out the website Mike'sDailyPodcast.com That has links to all the past podcast pictures And you can also help out the show through the PayPal By the way, did I mention it was Yeah, it was Benita Okay And that's pretty much the show today I guess we could tell you That the Russian probe Sheds new light on Kushner's involvement with Moscow, but you probably heard about that. Uh, Trump voters are skeptical, skeptical of the tax plan that the Congress is about to pass. Um, they're putting a lot of money into the Democrat, Democrat uh, Doug Jones in Alabama. They're putting a lot of money into his campaign, but Democrats are still just so disliked in Alabama that there's no way he can win, even against the horrible Roy Moore. Uh, And that's about all the stories I wanted to tell you about. Oh, CVS and Aetna are going to merge, possibly? When was the last time you went into a CVS? I used to go in there all the time and buy milk. And I used to have... Oh, I think I still have Aetna. Um, and what? The North Korea nuclear tests are spreading a ghost disease? It's deforming babies and sickening civilians exposed to radiation. I thought so. I mean, that's not the biggest country. And here they are doing all these nuclear tests. Where is that all going to go? Hmm. A defector who used to live by a nuclear testing site says, So many people have died, we began calling it a ghost disease. We thought we were dying because we were poor and we ate badly. Now we know it's the radiation. This story in Newsweek. Yeah, Newsweek. It's still around. Who would have thought? And finally, any tech news that we want to pass along? Anything not about Alexa or about the iPhone? Uh, the iOS 11.2 update No Google Santa Hub Has You taking elfies around the world Instead of selfies Having you take elfies And Why it's weird to make Mobile payments In the US You pull out your phone You tap it to the terminal You have to use a credit card I don't use my phone to pay for things all that much 
or my watch. I use my credit card, says uh, Scott Stein from CNET. This isn't because I don't trust my phone or my watch. It's because I know at least half the time that depending where I am, the mobile payments won't work. And yet I recently experienced a world where it did work pretty much all the time. I was on vacation for two weeks with my family. I didn't expect to use my watch to pay for things as much as I did. But that's what I ended up doing. It started as an experiment. Uh, I went to a... uh, I went back to America. I was disappointed. There's just not many opportunities to use it. In the UK, though, it's everywhere. Huh. Okay. Well... I'm fine with using credit cards right now. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcaster Valley. Yes, credit cards. And I keep an eye on my credit card statements because I know hackers are everywhere and you got to do it. You got to watch your, you got to watch your bank statements. You got to watch your credit card statements. Anything that says statement in front and back of it, you look at it. This statement, look at it. Because that's the statement I made. And the statement is, keep an eye on things. Because it's a world where... See, and then I don't know. What happens if someone steals your smartphone? Can they use that to pay for things? I guess it's the same thing as if they stole your wallet and they're using your credit cards. You just cancel it. At any rate, thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope it was informative. I try not to put too much fluff in it. If you wanted fluff, then I'm sorry. You... I guess we could have sung some more music with the wonderful Robbie Lester, but that didn't happen. Oh, and I didn't get to talk about the amazing um, Paul Coker. Is it Paul? Yeah, Coker. Okay, so if you ever watch any of those um, old stop motion photography specials from the early 70s, the Christmas specials that they still play every year. Um, like the Frosty the Snowman one though That's a regular animation That animation is designed All those characters were designed by a guy named Paul Coker Jr. Who's still alive He was born in 1929 Still around And he uh, was involved with The Year Without a Santa Claus Rudolph's Shiny New Year Oh that's a bad one That's the one with Oh, Red Red Skelton is the narrator All those old cartoons And stop motion specials They would get some famous old timey guy Like Fred Astaire does Santa Claus is Coming to Town Danny Kaye does The Frosty the Snowman And Rudolph's Shiny New Year's Red Skelton It is a weird It's a weird all over the place Kind of like this podcast, this episode But it's all over They go to this archipelago of lost toys Or something to that effect And to hear Red Skelton say Archipelago is wonderful And maybe I should watch it just for that And the Easter Bunny is coming to town Paul Cooker did that In 1968 he illustrated The Mad Paperback The year I came out The year I came out Is the year this came out the, not, I didn't come out gay I mean I came out of the womb what I meant I should clarify With that statement He illustrated the mad paperback Mad for better or verse Written by Frank Jacobs It was the first of eight All new paperbacks drawn by Cocker Coker? It's Coker I think In 2002 the magazine also published A collection of horrifying cliches 
the long-running feature that featured Coker Art. I love... Oh, he also worked on two comic strips, Lancelot and Horace and Buggy. I love his art. I love his cartoons. And the whole reason why I draw cartoons, like the one you'll see today as the podcast picture, is, is mainly because of Paul Coker. And then the other would have been Sergio Aragones, Aragones, who is... Oh my God, I love him. And I met him because he used to have his office in Ojai. When I discovered that, I was so I was over the moon. And in fact, I last met him, uh, last saw him and his wife, both very tall people on the Ventura Pier. This was about 15 years ago. And, and just the nicest guy, uh, he still goes to conventions all the time. He drew Gru, if you remember Gru, G-R-U, and he drew all those little cartoons that you would see on the margins of Mad Magazine. And he would do, uh, he's supposedly one of the world's fastest cartoonists. He can draw faster than anybody, like, and, and just a funny scene will just, he can just create it in seconds. He's just amazing. And he has his office in Ojai, and I once stopped by, he said, he told me, he goes, stop by whenever you want, I'll give you a tour. And the day I stopped by, he didn't happen to be there, so. But yeah, he's right there in downtown Ojai. So, let's wrap up the show. A little all over the place today, but that's how the Super Secret Sunday show tends to go. Next show, we will have the wonderful Madame Rutabaga, Valentino, and Bison Ben. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.